Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Stephanie Boyd, also known as the Bluegrass Bammer, and welcome back. We are in season two. That's right. You heard me right. I can't believe it, but um, I just am thinking, wow, I can't believe that this podcast just started last year, and season one started in April, and we've had over 20 stories that have come through this podcast that I think have been just amazing to hear and kind of, um, you know, in retrospect, I look back at all the amazing stories we had last year, and it makes me really excited about what's in store for 2020 and season two. So I'm so glad you've decided to join me on this journey this year. We're going to have lots of of stories come through just like we did last year in season two, but we're also going to open up the podcast to some other amazing people who may not necessarily categorize themselves as bammers. But I think it's important that we uh, hear their stories and share their stories. So uh, just I'm I'm hoping you stick with me through the season. And I want to say thank you to everyone who really supported the podcast last year in the first season. And for all of you who have subscribed and then are giving the podcast ratings, I'd appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Um, every time that you rate and subscribe, it kind of helps spread uh, the story and makes it easier for other people to find the podcast and to be able to listen and hear a lot of motivational and inspirational types of things going down. So um, I'm really grateful for everyone who has lent their support up to this point for the podcast. And I look forward to sharing more amazing stories with you in season two. So that being said, we are kicking off 2020 in season two with this episode featuring Kim Priest, who I've known for a couple of years now. And Kim's story is really one about uh, restarting her running journey later in life. She was a runner in her youth, and then she got married and had kids and kind of put running on the back burner. And she's come back to running in a whole different way and really challenging herself. And she's actually training now for her first 50K. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about how really running has changed her life in a way um, that she never could have imagined. And she's going to impart some wisdom to all of us that I think whether you are a younger woman or an older woman or not even a female, maybe, um, you know, you definitely can can draw some wisdom from from her. And um, I just really hope you enjoy this this story. And I hope you enjoy kind of the fun we have with this um, and, and Kim's reflection on her her running journey to this point and what's in store for her in the future. So. Again, thanks everybody for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast and enjoy this first episode of season two of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I am here with Kim Priest. Kim, say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. Kim, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I um, This has taken a little bit of time for us to get together, mainly due to technical difficulties, I think, on my end. So 
um, I apologize for that. And I'm glad that we finally were able to catch up. And I'm really excited to do this with you because um, I think you have, it's going to be fun. Like you have some good insight and some good um, advice. I know that you can pass on to people. So welcome. Well, thank you. So we start out every podcast, and just to let all the listeners know, I do know Kim. Uh, I've known Kim now for a couple years, and um, I don't want to do any spoilers or anything. So what I want Kim to do now, just uh, for the benefit of people who may not know you, um, is to tell us a little bit about how you identify as a person. What are some of the labels you give yourself, and kind of tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh, I should have done my homework, Um, but... (laughs) Um, let's see. I've been a member of MRTT or SRTT now for about two and a half years. And that was after about, I don't know, a, I don't, a number of years off from running eight to nine. It was my dad had gotten sick and, and was very sick and ended up passing away. But also I have four children and it just was too much. Um, but anyway, I identify as a mom of four children, and they are, I joke and say, almost grown um, or sort of grown, 27 to 19. So two boys, two girls. The boys are older. And I've been married to Bob for 30-plus years. Um, running it, this last um, number of years, couple of years, has just completely changed my life because I was getting very unhealthy um, and so running has helped me lose weight but also just find myself again so I identify as a runner um, and recently more of a trail runner and I'm also (laughs) a physical therapist um, but I haven't been working as much because I was PRN but I love my physical therapy work so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think how else I identify, but I think that's pretty much it. Well, that's what I know about you too. So I think you did a pretty good job of uh, putting some labels on yourself. So, <laughs> so it sounds like you took a hiatus from running, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your first memories of running? When did you, when do you remember start, when did you start running? Why did you start running? And kind of tell us a little bit about kind of your past running history. Well, um, I grew up in, you know, far upstate New York, you know, north of Syracuse or whatever, a very, very small town. Um, and I did all the sports and stuff, but we would, we would go out in the, I don't know what you call it, the country on these little trails that used to be a railroad track. And then we would venture off. But, um, my running, I, I did with some of the sports, you know, soccer or whatever, but, by high school time, I would run just for myself, and I would run a couple miles one or two times a day. And it was, I think it was more as a stress relief and just to get away because I was the oldest of three kids. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fun, and I wanted to, you know, uh, keep fitness up and stuff like that. Um, as far as we, you know, in high school and stuff, I was known as a very fast like a sprinter, we mm-hmm. didn't have we didn't have track in our tiny tiny town, but we would for soccer. I you know it was very competitive, and I would you know try to um, 
beat everyone in the sprints and I usually did but it was kind of <laughs> funny because um, sometimes you're competing against someone much younger or whatever and it you know I feel that now and I'm like gosh it's weird it doesn't really matter but um, <laughs> and then it was more of a running was more of just um, it was since it was out in the country I didn't think of this before you just asked but it was kind of trail running. It was on a, a dirt trail that used to be a railroad track. And and I do remember at one point, I almost literally stepped on a baby skunk because <laughs> it just scooted out in front of me. And I had to like go, you know, and jump, you know, aside or whatever. Mm -hmm. but anyway, it was just part of growing up. And my, my dad would always say, you know, to the kids, go outside, you know. He would joke, this is kind of embarrassing, but he'd say, get the stink blown off of you. And so he would always tell us to get outside. So <laughs> we were always outside. So that was yeah. it. It sounds like you're a perfect candidate for a rails to trails type of race. I don't know if you've heard of those, but I mean, there are some park systems where they've turned old railroad trail, you know, tr old rail uh, lines and, into yeah. rail, rail, rails to trail running. So um you sound like a per. It sounds like you were doing that before it was cool, right? Well, and my husband has done that with the boys. They, but they were in Boy Scouts, and they would um, bike those rails to trails. They used to mm -hmm. be, you know, up to Indiana and stuff. And he would always tell me about them, and I wanted to join, but I had the two girls, and they were too little. So it, you know, that's been kind of a struggle with the running thing, or whatever. You know, some of our challenges is trying mm -hmm. to divide and conquer we always joked and called it divide and conquer with having so many kids which of course four is not so many depending on your perspective <laughs> yeah we only have two but you know they're both into a lot of sports and so I feel like every weekend for about four months out of the year we are separate we are a divided family and we do we say divide and conquer too so you're not <laughs> right you're not the only ones that call it that um, so you, so you ran as a kid and your dad encouraged you to run. Did you, mm -hmm. um, did you ever, um, were there women that you knew that ran or was your dad like uh, someone that you looked up to that was, or who were like your heroes or people that you tried to, um, or that were your mentors in running? Did you have any of those people? It's really cool that you asked. Cause I don't know, like at that time and I, you know, I'm, Sometimes I'm embarrassed, sometimes I'm proud, sometimes I'm like kind of laughing because I'm older than most of our MRTT people. But um, at that time, it wasn't really cool. In fact, mm -hmm. this is kind of silly, but there's a funny picture we have in our yearbook of us, some of us girls sneaking into the boys' locker room. And we're like, oh, my God, this is huge. Our <laughs> locker room was very tiny. So you know, girl sports was not that big. Mm -hmm. um, but I know my coaches in soccer and stuff, in soft, I played softball and volleyball. They thought I could do very well. And I was, I, I thought that was kind of nice of them, but I didn't understand. But at the time, I didn't have any goals or, because there really wasn't, being from such a small town, mm -hmm. there wasn't anything to look up to. So I did it more to, you know, like as I got older, I mean, you know, 20s or 18 or whatever, teenagers, to keep weight under control and just as a stress relief. Mm -hmm. 
Uh Um, But I became a physical therapy aide at a nursing home um, because I knew that's what I wanted to go into. And the the physical therapist in charge of that department said, are you working out or something? And I don't know why he asked that. It was a little weird. But I said, oh, I run usually 20 minutes or something. And he goes, well, you really should run a lot, you know, a little bit more to get your heart rate and keep it up. And I like, so I had no real guidance. Uh-huh. It was more just for me. And then as I got older, I just did it for me. And I didn't really have guidance except for me or what do, did I want to achieve. And that's what's kind of, to me, frustrating when I look back because I could have done so much more. So, it, yeah. anyway. <laughs> I, I say that, too. I mean, people will tell me, like, wow, you're X for your age, or you do a lot of this for your age. And I think like, man, if I had known then what I know now, same thing, like running the girls that I knew that ran were like on, um, were in cross country and, um, but no like series, like in my eyes, like serious competitions were happening for females my age in high school. And I mean, I played sports, but we sprinted, we didn't run long distance or anything. And so I feel like if I knew, like, I feel like girls, young girls now have so many more opportunities to participate in running events, period, than I did. I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is great. And I hope that continues to trend that way for, for females. But I'm like, man, you know, my husband and I sit around and we're like, what if we could have ran like an ultra, an ultra run when we were in our late teens or early 20s? And, um, you know, what we could have done, our speed, like our fastest 5k time, what would it have been? And, and then I think, well, I probably would have just burned my body up that much faster. (laughs) Well, I I do think, (laughs) well, I I do think the kids, you know, I see that as far as other sports like baseball and different sports, the kids get burnt out so young. I have a, a, a daughter that was a gymnast. And she did it very competitively and did very well for about five years, but from age five to 10. And then she got an injury that she couldn't compete with. And I'm like, it's very sad the way things are happening right now, but at least there's more education and there's more opportunities. But hopefully, because I know when um, she was going through that, and I'm sure sprinters or people and kids in cross country especially girls they the coaches are not that well educated on overuse injuries Mm -hmm. or you know and I I would see their workouts and I would say they're gonna burn out and they did Mm -hmm. Um, so you know but it's all a balance of you know having the opportunity but being appropriate with it and I hope our girls like, I love Moms Run This Town, and she runs this town, and also Girls on the Run. Mm-hmm. I did coach that one year with my daughter, uh, my younger daughter. But there's so much they can do they don't know they're aware of that they can do. But now I think they're, um, there's more opportunities to make it a positive experience rather mm-hmm. than, you know, a negative one. Yeah, yeah, I agree, which is which is great. And 
you know, kind of circling back to you talking about growing up running or everything, when did you actually identify as a runner? So you ran, you know, like through into your twenties, but you know, you had, you had life happen, you got married, you had kids, but when did you see yourself as a runner? Like, what did it take for you to understand and, and apply that label to yourself? Was it early on or later on? Well, it's funny because I don't know if I, I I was a runner early on, but I don't think I thought of myself as that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do remember, this is funny because it's with MRTT, but I think you might have posted, when did you identify as a runner? And, but um, there was a specific time, you know, once I joined MRTT and I don't remember how long passed when I joined it, but um, maybe a year or maybe six months, but it was in the Parklands and I'm running in the kind of in the trails, whatever, which that was before I was doing trails, but I know, I think I gravitated toward that. Um, But I remember there was a field trip there and it was very funny because there's all these kids and there's teachers and I'm kind of like, okay, I'm in the way and I move over to the side, but all the, the teachers are like, Oh, runner ahead, runner ahead. And they kept passing on. And I thought, that's so funny. Actually, because I was actually running. I wasn't walking or hiking. And I'm like, oh, I guess I am a runner. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But uh-huh. uh, so it's really the identifying as a runner has really only happened through MRTT. And I don't care if you call it SRTT or MRTT, but this this organization has changed so many people's lives that I can't wait to just share anything I can about it. And um, I have some people, you know, of course I've, I, you know, tried to get to join it and whatever. And it's, it, it's just going to, you know, like when I think I started, I think you were at six or 800 people. Mm-hmm. Of course now, I don't know if it's up at 2000, but it's, it's just unbelievable and just Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. So for people that are listening that aren't familiar, MRTT and SRTT stands for Moms Run This Town and She Runs This Town, which is it's a national, um, you know, it started out nationally. And then all these chapters had developed throughout the United States and, and Louisville has one. And that's where Kim and I met. And now had you run a race before you like a race for a medal or a race for anything like a prize at the end before you came to mom's run this town? Um, absolutely not. Except for 25 years earlier or, or more um, when in the, I'm trying to think in the eighties <laughs> and it's kind of embarrassing because I'm older, but w- when I first started with MRTT, it was in the summer. I think of, I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2018, but um, the, I had run race, a Komen, you know, like for breast cancer, you know, Komen for the cure mm-hmm. way back in the mid 80s. And then the first race I had ran after MRTT joining it was um, a chocolate champion or whatever you would call it. I don't I can't remember. It was down at the waterfront. It was just a 5K and so that thing was the first thing I had run in like 25 years plus. So 
How did you feel when you finished that first race? Do you um, I felt, yeah, I, I was really, it was really cool. Um, it was a beautiful, sunny, sunny day, which is so awesome. Um, but it was like, I always start out too fast. Um, I'm really struggling with trying to be disciplined. And, you know, I, I was just telling friends at a recent run, I could never be a pacer because I can't pace myself. <laughs> I always start out too fast and then I have to walk or whatever. And I, I have to embarrassedly or in whatever admit that on one of my early runs with uh, Tordeville, mm-hmm. I got left behind because I run at a certain pace, but I can't, I couldn't keep it up at the time. So anyway, it was just kind of like, I, I need to like figure out my pace and not go crazy. But the, uh, my first race, it, it just felt good. And it, it made me, well, I did get passed by a stroller runner and that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, happened to all of us at some time and there's always a race where stroller mom passes you and you know you do want to feel bad but at the same time you have to cheer that person on because they're pushing at least 80 to 110 more pounds. oh exactly exactly I'm like holy crap <laughs> yeah yeah so how many how many races have you done since that race tell us a little bit a couple few of the races you've done do you even know, you know how many you've done? no I don't and I kept having it on my list to do to figure it out like how many halves or how many this or that and I never got to it um so I apologize it just it got out of control I think and I think I'm over 10 I don't know how many halves maybe eight or ten I don't know but I, I can't believe and I'm I'm so excited about MRTT and SRTT because I wouldn't have never believed I could do those things. And there's been people along the way that have believed and said, hey, let's do this or let's do that. And I'm like, I'm not sure I can do that. And then I do it. And then I do this and, you know, whatever. Um, But I think as far as half marathons, I don't know if it's like eight to ten or something. Mm -hmm. I've I've only done one marathon like race. Only, uh, just only one, only, only one. one. Well, and then, then we did the recent training run that was a marathon on trails. Mm-hmm. And that was like um, in Jefferson Memorial. But that was, I I could, you know, if I wasn't with the group I was with, and if someone said, hey, you know, we're at 23 miles, anyone want to quit? I, w- I probably would have. <laughs> but we did fine. <laughs> So. You all did awesome. Yeah. So I, so I'm going to tell everybody just right, just go ahead and just spoil it and tell everybody that you're training for your first 50 K right on trails. Which is yeah, scary and crazy and amazing, but I know, I know we can, I could do it. Mm-hmm. it you know, I have to, you have to give up that speed um, yep. issue. And uh, that has been an issue with me because I always try to do my best, which is good, I guess, but sometimes I go too fast or too far too soon or whatever. So yeah. I need my, a pacer. <laughs> yes. Will you have one at that race? Oh, no, no. I, 
I just mentally have to have a pacer, which means me. <laughs> yeah. You know how I learned to pace? I, I actually, somebody in their group Please taught me. Tell me. Please tell me. <laughs> um, well, it was a lot of practice to do it, but I used, um, I cheated and used a watch and I learned how to set um, pace minimum and maximum on my watch. So if I fell below that or if I went above it, it would beep at me to slow down or speed up. And it's kind of like, you know, when you're first learning to run, you have no clue what your pace is or how far you've gone. But now you can probably measure things in miles by looking at it, right? It's right. Like, it's like one of those things that just becomes a habit. And so now I can run by feel normally and pace myself because of that. It's like Pavlov's conditioning right. with my watch. Right. So that's how I learned. It was a lot of practice. It took me like probably six months or a year to do it. And I've paced other people and um, it does require a lot of discipline though, but it's, I really yeah. love it. I really love to do mm -hmm. it. Um, but it's, it's, it requires practice just like anything else with running, you know, if it's your form or um, your gait or your cadence, like you really have to pay attention to it and work on it and like have those purposeful, training runs, but also run with other pacers so they can help pace you and get you where you need to be like with your heart rate and everything else, because those things all matter when you're, especially if you know someone else is counting on you to pace them in a race, it's a little more high stakes, but it takes practice. Well, I, I think that's interesting because I think um, early on, I had problem with the heart rate. My heart rate would go so high, so there was a fear issue. Is um, you know, I'm gonna hurt myself or whatever. So that I had checked out, and it wasn't a problem. But also, I think it was a fitness issue. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm so glad, like you say that, because I do think that I can, if you know, if I am patient with myself. I could probably do it. And, you know, and there's people in our group, especially with trail running, you don't have to run up the damn hills. <laughs> you know, yep. you can chill out. And so yep. I've been lately, um, once a week at least, hiking for the past three or four weeks. And mm -hmm. um, one of our trail sisters has suggested this, but hiking at Knobstone, whatever. And, mm -hmm. but it's frustrating, you know, like part of you, 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 what do you say? You push yourself too hard or you judge yourself. But then again, it's like, we got to finish. It's not about the time. It's about finishing, mm -hmm. you know? So anyway. Yeah. I think that's always my end goal with any ultra distance that I'm working on. You know, I mean, yeah, you always have like an A goal and a B goal for any, any race that you work really hard to, to go to and toe the line at. But, you know, like you said, you kind of ultra training is just different. And then when you add in trails to that mix as well, where the pacing is a little bit more, uh, there's a differential there. It's not road running. There is a difference. And, you know, it adds in this extra layer of things that you have to take into consideration, but I'm glad that you're going out and doing the hiking. I mean, it, it overall will just help you learn how to be relaxed when you're out there. And so you're not feeling like you have to charge through anything and can kind of take your time. That definitely will help you physiologically, but also psychologically when you're out there 
doing the race. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But I, I did not like trail running when I first started it because the people that I went with were very experienced trail runners and they told me to do things I did not like. Um, but they were like the best things they could have taught me how to do because it allowed me to run on trails for long distances. So, you know, we're power hiking hills, learning how to run down hills on trails for me was so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always afraid I was going to hurt myself. <laughs> well, you, and you, you could do you have that fear. Do you have that? Well, fear? Because I, I would say you're a physical therapist. If you're in healthcare, have like this whole different level of awareness of how people do get injured and so it's always kind of there in the back of your mind so how do you balance being uh, you know a physical therapist who is who have seen people um, injured and then work on being your best you know kind of being your best self when you're out there running how do you balance Um, that the the problem I have and um I there's a a trail runner that kind of uh calls me on this is I, I, I would love, I love running downhill and I love running downhill fast, but I have to be careful of course, cause I could, you know, kill myself, but, um, I really, really, really love running downhill, but I also have like one knee doesn't have an ACL cause I tore that, um, when I was about 26 or something playing an indoor soccer co-ed league, but, you know, if I don't really, it doesn't really bother me, but I, I, the person that I was thinking of, she always says, be cautious, you're going to hurt yourself. And so I, I, I try to be cautious, but I love running downhill. So that's where I catch um, extra time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but today I was hiking at Knobstone and, you know, I'm only hiking but I, I ran some of the, you know, easy stuff because I was like, okay, I got to catch up here. And, and I'm running downhill and I'm like, every little route or a slip or a slide could tear something in everybody, let alone someone that maybe can't compensate. But, mm-hmm. um, my, you know, as far as my knee, it's been fine. I don't have any pain. I don't have any issue. Um, but... I don't know. I I think I think it's kind of a um, it's a slippery slope. It's it's like yeah. you, you want to like the downhill. I want to go crazy. And there's one of the trail runner um, people that's an ultra runner that she gives me the caution in the back of my head because I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> so. Well, don't tell your friend, but when I'm done training for my next, this next race that I have, you and I will secretly go out to trails and you, you will teach me or run as fast as you can down trails with me because I tend to do the opposite. (laughs) I charge up, I charge up hills. Like, yeah, my uphill pace is much faster than my downhill um, and so I had to learn how to slow down on the uphill. Um, mm-hmm. So you're cautious on the downhill. I'm very cautious. So if I go with mm-hmm. you, maybe you can teach me your ways. Oh, so it, yeah. The, the really quick step and whatever, but. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned the side step and some goat steps and some other things, but those were 
uh, because of the terrain that I ran on, but I just need to be, to, to be, um, I guess I just need someone to tell me it's okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so you can be well, the angel on the one, you know, the angel on one side and the devil on the other. So you can help me play with that a little bit. Um, so, so you're still running uphill on trails. I like to, yes. I, I don't tend to walk on trails very much. Um, with the exception of like, if it's over a marathon distance or if it's just really, um, like muddy, slippery. Right. Then right, I'll, right. Then I'll, yeah. But if the conditions are good, oh yeah, I'm taking it. I'm taking it as hard as I can typically, the, but those downhills get me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny cause I, I, you know, today I was like running up some of the hills, but I'm like, oh no, no, I shouldn't run up the hill. Because I was, as I was doing it, I'm listening to a podcast. It's like, you know what? Well, you know how some people, you run about the same distance or uh, speed as you walk. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> so, you know, that's part of a issue too. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how you do. I know that you're going to do really well with your, with your race. And that one is what, is that in March? Yeah, March, yeah. March 15th. Okay. So it's the week before my next race. So I will be uh, tapering and I hope maybe I can come out there and see you guys for a little bit. Cause I want to do the pistol that you're thinking of, or I mean that you're doing yep. or. Yeah, yep. that's my favorite one. I do it every year. So I, I will be racing I want... and I come out and cheer you guys on. I have that on my list and um, I had seen it like last year, but then I was like, oh, it's not like um, it's, you know, kind of paved. So I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. Um, I'm a little nervous about the one, you know, the 50K because it's all trail and it's much harder than we thought, but it's mm-hmm. local. So we're like, oh, it's local. We don't have to stay overnight, but, right. you know we're going to have to work really hard. So it's going to be great. You're going to have a great time and you're going to feel so accomplished when you cross that finish line. It's going to be awesome. So I can't wait to see you, see you do it. I'll be cheering you on. Well, I'll be cheering you on. So that brings me back to a question I want to ask you about moms run this town, because I know that you said uh it's kind of been life changing for you, but I have to say since the time you've been in the group, you've been so helpful and um, I mean, just really build, you know, cheering people on. You've been very active in the group. You volunteered and helped come to events and um, talk to sponsors for us and like all of these things, which is always so appreciated. And I'm sure that in the group, you have people that approach you that are new to running or returning to running and ask you for advice on how to get started or, you know, maybe they are, they're not in their twenties or their thirties and feel like they might be too old to be trying to take on this new sport. So if you have someone's listening to the podcast right now and they're considering getting back into running or starting running and they're over 40. So let's just say that what, so they're a little intimidated by the whole thought. What advice would you give them? Or what kind of words of wisdom could you share to them that might help them understand kind of where you're coming from and, and, you know, what might be helpful? Well, one, um, there's been a number of people in the, the group that have influenced me. 
and um, Norma is one. And when we first started out, she, like she, she's told everyone she couldn't run. She had uh, fibromyalgia. She went from mailbox to mailbox. And I, as a physical therapist, I had patience with that. And you know, like I didn't know that. I knew the disease as a, a therapist, but I didn't know it as a runner. And so, what, there's other people that in the group, they've all tackled their different challenges. And so what I totally suggest is start where you're at, um, find someone that's where you're at, um, but just, you know, even if it's the couch to 5K everyone talks about, I feel like you might have to back off even from that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, I'm I'm planning to get more healthy. I want to walk, run. I really feel strongly about the walk run challenge or, you know, what do you call it? Um, Intervals. Intervals as far as just getting started. Like uh, even my daughters, they don't, oh, mom, I can't run. I'm like, yes, you can. You can do this or that. Um, Running for 30 seconds and walking, you know, one to two minutes, you can start. Um, and then it changes. Then you're like, you know what? I think I can run um, a whole minute and walk a whole, you know, whatever, a minute. So I think anyone can do this. But the problem I'm seeing is people don't believe they can do it. So I haven't figured that out yet, but I can't wait to figure it out because there's so many (laughs) women, especially even my age, they're like, I can't find anyone my age, my friends, that want to try it. Because they think it's insurmountable, um, like my daughter's. So, anyway, I'm thinking the intervals are the key. Um, and I think there might need to be more of a a push from women's groups to share mm-hmm. this with other women. Because, you know, the whole thing of I'm not fast, I can't run, I have to walk. You know, I had I had injuries, you know, in the past couple years. And the walking intervals made me able to um, complete, uh, let me think, what the one of the um, urban bourbons. And I, I actually PR'd. Mm-hmm. And I was doing intervals. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think intervals are the key to get people or women involved to it, um, agree that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to kind to of release. I think there's some stigma sur- uh, surrounding intervals too, because it it is associated with walking. And right. I think you're right. I think we have to release some of that and say, I mean, even ultra runners walk. Like even elite runners that are going a long distance use intervals or will walk during their run. Like it does happen. So I, there's yeah. no shame in in interval running, and it actually there's the science behind it. Um, that the says it's actually really good it. for you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, the science yeah. behind it maybe will change um, change people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. hope. I agree. I know people that are way faster than me that use interval training. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there is definitely a science to it. And if, 
if people think running has to be one way or the other, they're kind of pigeonholing themselves or just giving an excuse to start the process. But you have to start somewhere. Um, So I think you're right when you say start where you're at and then build on that slowly. Um, I think that's something we try to impart on ladies in the group because it's very hard to just walk out the door one morning and try to run a mile without stopping. People think that's how running works. And so we try to dispel that myth really quickly because we don't want people to get defeated right off the bat. So I think that's just a lot of education Um, because if the women are like you and I, they didn't get a lot of that when they were young women. Um, Right. So I know your family is very supportive. Your husband is amazing. He shows up to so many things where you're at and where we're at. And um, he's an athlete. He bikes long distances and he, mm-hmm. he just really supports your lifestyle. I feel like that you choose to have at this moment, but we talked earlier about your daughter. So I want to come back to that because I think it's very important to you. If you don't care to share with us kind of, um, what type of example do you think you running now is setting or what kind of example would you like to set for your daughters of when they see you run? What do you want them to get from that? If anything? Well, you know, I thought, I thought about this a lot, but one, um, I wish I started, well, I wish I did it much sooner. Um, I know when I had the boys, we lived in Atlanta and it was very, very hilly. And, you know, if you didn't get out by eight or nine, it was 95 degrees. And I don't know if there was a MRTT group. But at the time, I wanted to get out. And I, and actually, it's kind of embarrassing. That was, let's see, that was in the early 90s. And there weren't even really good jogging strollers. So, mm-hmm. you know, going, moving on um, with my daughter's, I, I, I've thought about this a lot because we had tried to do this podcast earlier and whatever, but I know that um, with my daughters, I feel bad that I feel like I should have started running or get back to running sooner because they don't remember me running. And, but I think part of it was having four kids and having a husband that worked and traveled a lot. I, I didn't put that me first. But even if I possibly could put me first, I didn't. And so I often think of that now because there's so many people struggling right now in our group and they're trying to get their running in, but they have little kids. And I I do think that's very difficult. And I, I do think you put the kids first, but then again, that, that really delayed anything I could do. Mm-hmm. So it's a real struggle. I, I don't really have the answer to that, but I, I don't think you, um, I don't think you, I don't know how to say it. Um, this might, you might have to cut this out, but I don't know how to say um, who to put first, you or your kids at that really critical time, mm-hmm. because I, I see kids that are in daycares and I, you know, um, they're struggling and then they're crawling on me and they're going, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm their therapist. And they don't see their mommy from eight to nine or whatever. So I know at those early ages, how important that is, but I know that some people can't stay home or even if they can stay home, they have to get out 
to get a run in. Mm-hmm. So I don't have good answers for that. And I'm, I'm frustrated by that because I think it's important. Um, I think I wish I went back to running sooner. Um, ever since you asked me to do this, that's something that I've struggled with is that, like I put off taking care of myself way longer than it should have happened. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, we always have the benefit of hindsight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think when you're in the moment as a mom, you're just trying to do the best, the best job that you can at that time. And, you know, life happens and things get in the way. And we do tend to not, we wear all of these hats and don't always put ourselves first. And I don't think we expect anyone to give us any awards for that. That's part of being a mom for a lot of mm-hmm. us. But you know, when you look back and think about if you could impart wisdom to, to younger women, um, even if it's you don't have the answer, just like you said, I don't know what the answer is because everybody's different, but I'm here to help you and support you. Like, I think you as a mom, if your daughters or even your sons were ever, you know, decide to have children, you have this wisdom and this understanding right. and can help support if they'll allow you to, you know, support them so that they can put themselves first every now and then because there's no harm in that right. um you know so I think yeah I think you have great intentions for your kids you know just by modeling now and saying had I known what I know you know had I known I would have done this exactly differently. yeah exactly. and, and, and it's really not that, their health right and it's not that you put yourself first all the time and you have to get all of your runs in and -hmm. your runs are more important than everybody else, but it's kind of a balance and the balance Mm -hmm. is the tricky part. I think, of course. Yep. Yep. And being compassionate, you know, I think that we have a lot of support from other women in our group who do understand where we're coming from, or maybe don't have never been in our shoes, but can at least identify with having that struggle of balance Um, Because we have women in our group that aren't moms and they still do have struggle with balance because they're, you know, professionals and they are, they may be caregivers to ailing family members or, um, you know, that kind of thing. So we all have our own story, but I think it's, yeah, and work and work. So many of us work, you know, Yeah. so I think we all have our story, but it's important to identify people that can support you and not judge you for the choices that you make. You know, that's, we're all just trying to be human beings at the end of the day. (laughs) So it's it's always nice. Everyone says our group is very supportive and positive. And so I hope that your daughters find that group of people. Um, I know it took me a long time as a female to find uh, a group of women that just really wanted the best for me without any um, competition or like, you know, a hidden agenda, you know, at least that's been my experience. So this group has also, you know, taught me to support other women. So I hope your daughters find those women and they have it in you. So that's good. <laughs> well, and I, but I think like this group, I realized that there's no drama, you know, there's, um, they're so supportive depending on where, wherever you come from. Yeah. And then yeah. with my daughters, I'm like, well, they're like, mom, I can't do that. And I'm like, you can if you want to, but you have, then I realize they actually need someone to support them and they don't need their mom to support them. They need a Mm -hmm. peer to support them. Mm -hmm. And I think with the group, 
that you can pair up and, you know, eventually you find someone that you um, support and mutually, but then it, it, it also evolves that you support other people by your example or, right. you know, right. by your vulnerability. Because, like, I always thought, you know, when I first started the whole selfie thing, I'm like, that's just stupid. <laughs> I thought, taking, yeah, I was like, taking, um, promoting yourself. I'm like, that's silly. But then I realized, wait a minute, you're vulnerable in that moment, and you're like, also, I did this. And you're proud of it, which we're taught in some ways to not be proud of doing your best or doing things that other people don't. And it's just a whole different mindset of, you know what, I kicked some butt today. Mm -hmm. Here's my picture. Even though I look, you know, like I'm older than all these, most of them, I'm like, I look like crap, but you know what, I kicked some butt. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's a whole different world. And um, I, but I'm frustrated because I have a ton of friends that don't think they can do what I'm doing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not superhuman. I started off walking and running and, you know, like Norma already would say, let's just go to the next mailbox or whatever. And, you know, you just get there and you just, keep growing and growing, but people are, I don't know if it's society, but it's also within ourselves. Mm -hmm. So through our group, I hope we can inspire more people that, you know what, if you dream it, I mean, it sounds corny. If you dream it, you can try it. And if you, if you're not sure, post on MRTT, someone's going to join you and then you can do it. Right. And then you become the person that tells the next person they can do it. You know, I see that in you. I see the evolution that you've had in the group um, where you were the person asking a lot of the questions and you still do. Ask oh, God, questions, yes. but, yeah. but you um, but you also are there to answer questions now. And so I think that that's, you know, a nice part. And you also are going to reach people who aren't in our group through this podcast. So just know that. And that's why I wanted you to come on, because. Um, this message needs to be heard by women outside of our group too. So I'm glad that you're, you're able to send that message to people in that way. So, well, I have this scary realization that I still kind of feel youngish, but I'm turning 57 this month and I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. But then um, a lot of 57 year olds, don't think they can walk a mile or mm-hmm. even walk, run a mile, but I know they can. And I wish I could help. Like I'm not a, a personal trainer or anything, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I've talked to different people thinking there's got to be a way we can in, inspire and support people because they're scared. And yep. I know that's yep. been a, a limiting factor for me because I'm afraid of, overuse injuries and stuff Mm -hmm. I think sometimes if you know too much you you know limit yourself Mm -hmm. um but I I I strongly believe that older women can do a lot more than they ever believe they can Mm -hmm. it's not you're not gonna you know yeah, they're doing more than fine. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing if you compare yourself uh, to other women in the same demographic. 
the type of activity that you're doing. I mean, it's, you're in the high percentile, like you're over on the right in terms of the bell curve. Right. So it's, but I'd love to see a shift in that. uh, So you're more towards the median in the middle of that bell curve. And um, I, you know, I think our group is if women could find support systems like that, like our group, it would, it, we could shift that a little bit, but you're doing your part, Kim. I just want you to know that. So thank you for all you do in the group because it's pretty amazing. <laughs> well, I, we don't have that many older ladies in our group, I don't think. But I also know, like, there's some other running groups that are coming up and there's people posting about being older. So yeah. I don't know what the answer is of how to encourage that without making people feel like they have to push too hard to be have overuse injuries. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, thinking about that and, um, you know, just thinking about uh, all the all the women that you know that are running, whether they're in um, Moms Run This Town or Trail Sisters or just whoever you can think of athletes that, you know, when we talk about BAMers in our group, we talk we talk about BAMers a lot. And that's what this podcast is about. What do you, what are some words that you think of when you hear the word bammer or if you call someone else a bammer, what is, what are the, um, the, the words that you think of to describe a bammer? This has been very interesting because I've thought about it a lot um, from way back when I first joined and it was just such a funny thing. What's a bammer, you know, but I really feel like the, it's, it spans a wide variety of women, but I really think it starts at the woman, the person, the woman that starts believing that they can do something that they never thought they could do. So I, I think that's where the bammer starts. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I can do that. But then they actually start pursuing it. So that's one one level of bammer because it might be someone that doesn't think they could even run or it could be someone that doesn't think they could run a half marathon or whatever. But also another level is the bammer or, you know, that, that shares, or I I should say um, inspires other people. They do it all the time, just in, in their positive, um, posts or mantras or support that one of the things I share with my friends is how non-judgmental um, moms or you know she runs this town is and so there's people that embody that so that's the second level is people that just embrace anyone and then support them so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no I agree and I feel like you've evolved from that first level to that second level. Like, so you're definitely a bammer in my book for sure. <laughs> and I, I, love I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all are works in progress. So just keep that in mind. Don't think you're ever finished because you're not, but I, oh, yeah. I've loved watching your journey and I've loved watching all the things that you've accomplished and you inspire me all the time. And I know that you inspire other other women in the running community here. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and just sharing your story. And, um, you know, I can't wait to just follow you. And I don't know if you have any social media accounts that you want me to put in the show notes for um, 
you know, that are public that people could, could watch your journey or just hear more about it. But if you want to share those with me, I can put them in the show notes and people can follow you. Um, but I can't wait to see what else you do. I mean, even after this 50 K, like there's still other things you want to do. And so I'm going to just be watching you and cheering you on in the background. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, um, I was thinking fear holds me back a little, which is weird, but I think it's, um, you're just not sure what you can do. I had told my husband at one point I would never do a uh, 100-miler, but I definitely am considering a 50-miler, but I haven't even done a 50K, so I don't even think I should sign up for something like that. So uh, 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 uh. That's how it always starts. Like You've, caught, you've definitely caught that energy um, that we yes. all catch at some point. So don't the limit yourself. Craziness. Just take one race at a time and see how you feel and then sign up for the next challenge. And maybe it's not distance, maybe it's something else, but you know, you've embraced the trail running side of you and I love watching this part. So good luck. Well, I, well, I, I'm looking forward to it. I someday would love to do maybe a, a, a sprint try, but that's way outside of my comfort zone. So, and I have other things I look forward to, but I think I have to tap into you know, people like you and Allison and others, you know, like for suggestions. But mm-hmm. the the whole thing is, I cannot believe what our human body is capable of, um, even in, you know, when you're older or whatever. Yep. So yep. it's exciting. It's very exciting. It's exciting. And I feel like you're going to start to figure out that you haven't even started pushing your limits yet for your body yet. So 50K will give you a good baseline. Uh, mm-hmm. for where you're at and where you want to go, I think. So let's have that conversation after you cross the finish line. And I'm eager to see what you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Kim. I appreciate you. Tell your husband, uh, thank you for sharing an hour of uh, your oh, time no with problem. us. And mm-hmm. um, we'll be watching you. So good luck. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com. Or you can follow me at Bluegrass Bammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time. And until then, happy running.